Hello, Legal Talk Network listeners. This is executive producer, Lawrence Coletti. Before we get started with this part two of two episodes, we want to thank our sponsors. Courtfiling.net. E-file court documents with ease in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. If you file in Los Angeles Superior Court, you know that e-filing has recently become mandatory, and courtfiling.net is there to help. To learn more, visit courtfiling.net to take advantage of a free 30-day trial. Answer One. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can learn more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-ONE or online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer1.com. And longtime sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. C-L-I-O.com. And Law Clerk. Law Clerk is where attorneys hire freelance lawyers. There are no sign-up or monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. And make sure to enter the code NEWSOLO300 for a $300 rebate after your first project. And now, on to the show. So you're an attorney, and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan, and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Adriana Linares. And this is a special edition. This is part two of two episodes of New Solo that we recorded at the San Diego County Bar Association. And now let's cut to our interview already in progress. Yeah. Now, um, so yeah, for me, Julie. I started downtown and I think it was kind of cool at first because there's a lot of people here. You meet a lot of other attorneys. There were a lot of other attorneys in my building. Uh, But once I got a bookkeeper, he looked at my parking expenses, which were just as expensive as my office. And then occasionally, you know, I'd have clients that would be like, you know, I'm driving around the block. The only lot I have is $20. My clients, $20 is a lot of money. Uh, so about a, maybe a year ago, I moved to La Mesa, um, free parking. It's Everywhere. like right off the eight freeway. And the good thing is, since I'm a member of the bar, I always do have the bar. And occasionally when I meet people here that maybe don't have a car or something like that, I can just meet them at the bar and book a conference room. So that's pretty convenient as well. It's kind of like you have two offices. It is. And, you know, I'll throw in real quick because I was up at the front desk ordering lunch earlier and a member called. And the receptionist said, yeah, you got some mail. And she opened up his envelope and, you know, he asked, what, who's it from? And I think that's another benefit that um, bar associations, especially this one, offers, which is if you do want an address, if you do want stuff delivered to a big address downtown, um, you can do it very affordably. So, Julie, question for you. You have now, um, so, uh, oh, you said Costa Mesa. Uh, no, in La, La, Mesa. La Mesa. Sorry, so I'm right off the I'm eight by her. SDSU. Okay. We've got you know a little parking lot, and I'm in a building with uh, like a, a tax person, a real estate person. There aren't any other attorneys. Luckily, I have attorneys I can call. Um, but the real estate person's pretty interesting too. And he and we, 
are able to talk uh, law a lot because he's been a landlord. And so it seems like there's always some litigation going on. And do they refer work to you? Being they the have. Attorney? Yeah. Yes, okay, they actually have. So that's another thing to consider is what is your office yeah. space or, you know, the environment that you're working out of, yeah. whether it's virtual or not. I'll add one more thing too. Um, you know, you all mentioned your clients don't care and it's true. Your clients don't. And I have a lot of um, lawyers, of course, that I know who have big firm, cli big clients who much prefer a solo who's able to deliver that customized, bespoke, you know, I don't have to wait to go through the receptionist to get to the secretary to get my lawyer on the phone. So I don't even know that it's fair to say that big clients don't also want the services of a small and solo firm. I think more and more, especially in, in this world, that when a small or a solo can get in front of a company and say, look, I can do just as good of a job as a big firm can that you wouldn't get that work. And especially using technology smartly and practice management tools and being able to deliver quickly and efficiently and securely, I think those things are key. Jeff, do you have anything you want to toss into that conversation? You kind of look like you did. Well, looking like I did and, and actually <laughs> doing and actually it are, are two different things. Um, so this is Laura again. I just wanted to speak to finding your people because I remember when I first started on my own, uh, that that was a challenge. And I just want to encourage people just go out there and meet people, get involved in causes that matter to you, and you'll find your tribe. I agree. I think um, the lawyers that I know, the happiest ones are the ones that are passionate about the area of practice that they, they are in and love their job. And I think for solos sometimes or new solos or new lawyers, that's so hard because you're just, you're struggling. You're, or you think, I'll never get work. Where am I going to get clients? I better have, I better do door law. Yeah. You can take, but once I think you can hone in on what a specialty yeah. is, especially if it's something that you like. When I talk to law students, um, I'll say, look, what do you do for fun? You weight lift, you surf. Guess what? The weightlifting world, they need lawyers. Surfers, half my friends are professional surfers. And you know what? They all have lawyers. Uh, surfing magazines, they need lawyers. The surfing, everybody needs a lawyer. So if you can hone in on an area that you are really passionate about and also practice law, I think that's really important. May I add to that? Please. I'm a plaintiff's lawyer. I've always been a plaintiff's lawyer. I, I do some defense, but not, not that much. You get beat up as a plaintiff's lawyer and you get beat up as a solo. It, it, it's just part of the territory. And... You know, sometimes you're going up against just a, a, another more experienced lawyer. Uh, sometimes it's another more experienced lawyer in a larger firm with a lot more help. Sometimes it's several lawyers in a larger firm. Sometimes it's more than several lawyers in a larger firm. But you get beat up. And I've I found over the years that there's an emotional part to that. You have to learn to be able to deal with that. Yeah. Um, and I, I think what you're saying in terms of working in an area that you really enjoy is extremely important because that helps you to, to mitigate the emotional component of being a lawyer. And I, again, speak as a plaintiff's lawyer because there is a huge emotional component to it. Um, and I think if you want to be a good lawyer, you get, you got to care, you got to care about your clients and you got to care about the outcome. You got to care about it more than you care about the money. Obviously we do it to make money, but you got to care about the outcome. And so there's a huge emotional component to that. And working in an area that you can enjoy, um, you're not going to always find that. But when you can find it, hang on to it. 
And then with that, I, you mentioned like uh, weightlifting or surfing. Yeah. Um, I, I guess what I want to point out in that context is that it's important to supplement the practice of law with something that you can do to relieve the stress. Exercise, bicycle riding, Absolutely. weightlifting, right. surfing, yep. um, meditation. You know, meditation Affirmations is, is great. Lower. Something that you can do to help you relieve the stress of getting beat up on all the time because you're going to get beat up. Well, it's not just beat up. And and it's like, you know, we talk about being tough. I mean, I was always tough because, you know, I was a girl in an an era when girls, you know, (laughs) couldn't do a whole bunch of stuff. There's like a whole big list of stuff. And I thought, well, I'm going to do it. And it's more about being uh, than, than just being tough. Resiliency is the most important quality to have because as a plaintiff's lawyer especially, you know this, Jeff, uh, you're going to lose. I mean, when you go to trial, we're usually trying our worst cases because if they're good cases, the defense knows that and they're going to settle them with you. And so mm-hmm. when you go to court, those are your ones that you're you know, praying on and uh, you're praying for the client. You're there to help the client get their day in court. It is important to, uh, you know, choose cases that you think you can win and you can make money for the client and for yourself. But you also have to realize, you know, you're not going to win every case. Uh, You're not going to please every person. You're not going to get along with everybody that you come in contact with. And sometimes you're going to get knocked down and you have to be able to get up. That's the most important thing. Just keep coming. You know, if you just keep coming, then everybody figures out you're going to keep coming. And they, you know, they, they better not take for granted that they can get rid of you somehow or shake you off or, you know, I'm tougher than that person. And it's always also important to be kind and collegial with people, especially I found that in San Diego. Uh, our judges here really hold us to that, mm. which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was in front of a judge one time and and this lawyer was being just particularly a jerk and just, uh, you know, unnecessarily so. And I was, you know, trying to be, you know, collegial. And, and of course, he interpreted that as weakness. And, um, Boy, was he wrong. And the, yeah, the judge said at one point, just looked at him, I think it was Judge Hayden, looked at him and said, you must be from Los Angeles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm new around here, and even I get that joke. Um, I, I, can, I, can I make up two yeah. points? Is Initially, as a solo, it's important to decline cases, too. Yes. You might very much Good want tip. the money or want the experience. And if you're going to have a problem case or a problem client, it's not worth the headache. No. Hey, it's like you're reading my mind. As you go on, I want you to also tell us, how do you fire a client? How do you decline a case? And then how do you fire a client? Sure. So for my practice, first of all, it's important to know my my goal is to be the most reasonable person in the room. And that includes with my clients, with co-counsel, with opposing counsel. And so with my clients right at the intake, I tell them the good, the bad, the ugly. And I tell them what I expect from them and what they can expect from me. And I put that in my fee agreement. Here is what you promise to do. Here is what my scope of representation is. Here is what I will be doing for you. If ever we have problems between the two of us or the group of us as clients, it says right in the fee agreement, I'm allowed to back out if these things happen. And so I just have that real candid conversation on day one before they choose to hire me. And I just, this is Alara, I just want to speak to that quickly. The new rules that went into effect today also require that we now look at a client's objectives. So that's an important piece of that conversation now. It used to be that, you know, some people would defer the attorney, the attorney knew more, the attorney knew better. Not, not so fast anymore. You've got to ask your client, 
what are you achieving here? What are your goals? And then work your plan around that. Secondly, if you're going to fire a client, uh, check the rules. You cannot prejudice your client. Uh, that's very important. And the way you fire a client is very different from the way you do in both civil and criminal contexts are very different. Excellent. Hey, everyone. Let me interrupt this great conversation so we can grab a couple of quick messages from some sponsors. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a first year to perform legal research or a seasoned attorney to assist with a complicated appellate brief, Law Clerk has hundreds of freelance lawyers with every level of experience and expertise. There are no sign-up or monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and then get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code NEWSOLO10. That's NEWSOLO10. And do that at Clio.com, C-L-I-O.com. All right, welcome back to New Solo. We're going to sneak back in and listen to this great conversation with some solo and small firm practitioners from the San Diego County Bar Association. Anyone else want to throw anything in to any well, of that? I any agree of with things? Alara about the about the rules. You know, a lot of people, I teach um, ethics. That's my specialty. I'm actually a certified legal specialty in legal malpractice law. And um, one of the things I find when I teach ethics to lawyers, I ask them, when was the last time you read the rules? And many times I will get no hands. They've never read them at all after they took the PR exam. And um, it's unfortunate because in California, every lawyer needs to be an expert in ethics on at least those rules. Because if you fall below those, that's when you have uh, your ticket is in jeopardy. And so now they've just adopted, California was the last state basically to adopt what's very close to the uh, ABA, American Bar Association, model rules. There's more rules on the state bar website. There's a table so that you can cross-reference them, but there's some rules there that we never had. So it's really important to know those rules. And also, as a malpractice attorney, I can tell you it's very, very important on who you choose as a client because I can almost predict with certainty what clients are going to sue you, mm. what clients are likely to sue you. And uh, unfortunately, in my trade, you know, there, I mean, I'm already suing lawyers for somebody. So, you know, I've got to be really particular about that. And, and you know, sometimes people get sued. It's it's an occupational hazard. But when you fire a client, as Alara said, you have to make sure you don't leave that client in peril. You can't jeopardize the client's rights. Sometimes you're going to be working for free. Because the client won't let you out, you're going to have to get relief from the court, but you can't leave them, you know, standing on the railroad tracks and the train's 10 feet away. So, um, you know, there's ways to do it. You should always have a discharge letter. You should always give a client a cost-risk-benefit analysis, which goes along with figuring out their objectives. Because a client is not going to be happy with you if they come in to you, they have a $250,000 problem, and you charge them $300,000 to fix it. Because let's face it, as a civil attorney, all you're going to get that person is money, generally speaking. 
So if you charge them more than they're going to get, and you and you should be able to predict that before you even take the case on, how much is this going to cost? And tell them and constantly make that evaluation as the case goes on. Uh, it occurs to me, as solos, I find myself referring a lot of cases to other practitioners. And I want to be very careful with whom I refer cases to, because I might know them socially, but I don't know their work product. And I don't want that client to come back and say, you gave me a negligent referral. And so I'm going to send a declination letter. So sorry I couldn't help you. You've got a statute running. Make sure to inquire from somebody else. And there are multiple panels throughout the state that will refer you to other lawyers. If you don't know someone who does the area that they need, I explain it often to clients, you've got an eye problem and I am a foot doctor. Uh We need to find you a foot doctor, that kind of thing. But along the same lines as the cases that you don't take. I think, um, you know, malpractice is such a It's either a really hot topic or it's not because what I find with lawyers that I talk to a lot is they don't fear malpractice because they've either been practicing a long time and never had a problem or they work at a firm that's never been sued. But I find, especially with technology today, can we talk for a few minutes about just technology and malpractice and using technology in in an ethical and responsible way? Um, Can I tell you the thing Yeah, I I want you to tell me about that. The thing that I see the most... (laughs) And that's the worst <laughs> is when people put on Facebook or like Avo or like any or like LinkedIn or whatever, and they make statements either like trying to solicit clients of like, I just did this at trial and I'm awesome. If you've been arrested, call me like can't do that. Or if if they're answering questions on like Avo or like Yelp or places where people can ask questions and then the lawyer is answering the questions and what they don't understand, which I don't, which I don't understand is that they have just given legal advice and what you need to, what you can think about, because I'm not going to give you advice, you you the listener, (laughs) but what you can think about is that anytime that you write a statement, if you can put the words, my advice to you is, and then insert your statement there, then it's, you just gave someone legal advice. And then you may have like formed them as your like attorney client relationship. And then we've already talked about how to you know, try to get out of a relationship like that, which can be scary. So the internet can be very powerful both ways, <laughs> for Agreed. good or for bad. Do you think robots are going to take your jobs? Speaking of technology and, yeah. and no. oh, I'm so glad Not you all said Thank God. Yay, you guys. I think it's going to get to where research is going to be a lot easier. But yeah. I don't think that people will ever stop wanting to talk to human beings. I agree with you. And I think that, um, so what's funny is people ask me all the time, oh, I actually did a talk last week on AI in the law. And I told the people who invited me, I said, let me tell you something. I have yet to have a lawyer call me and say, "Um, Adriana, can you tell me about the blockchain and artificial intelligence? Because I'm really worried about these robots taking over my job. So I'm really glad to hear that you all strongly believe that your your career is safe, your profession is safe, and that, um, you know, that that it's just technology. We have to use it to our advantage, right? So in just talking about finding that work-life balance, uh, Laura, you mentioned just when we were sitting down that you had an app for affirmations. Um, Tell us a little bit, you know, if you don't mind, those of you who have really busy personal lives, which I'm sure is everyone, how do you balance work and life and and running a solo practice? Um, I think that's obviously something that everyone uh, deals with. Uh, For me personally, I find my mindset is key. So I try to keep very positive thoughts in my head at all time. Uh, I know that this profession challenges us to be seeing the worst case scenario, but I really keep my mind focused on what I'm trying to achieve. Um, as the other thing is I try to do things that are just healthy. I try to eat healthy. I try to exercise. And I 
you know, I don't think I'm going to say anything shocking when I say that this profession is extremely stressful. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a way of releasing that stress before um, it affects your life, I've seen so many people either become alcoholics or become uh, very upset and not just not happy people. So it's really important, I think, to honor yourself and whatever that looks like to you. How many of you do yoga? About half of us. How about meditation? I meditate. Yeah, all of us, Mm -hmm. almost all of us. A lot of meditation and then physical exercise. Yeah. 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 There's another thing too, just real quick, that you could also take just something that you enjoy doing. Like I have like a a music background. And so it's been a wonderful way to connect with like Deborah's really into music. And so it's for me, it's a way to distress because I get to play drums and I just... I love the fact that I don't have to talk to anyone when I'm doing that. So it's just like you get to because <laughs> you just spend so much of your day talking, and like, and at a certain point, people need to not hear me talk. But like, you're just getting to like communicate by not like talking, which is awesome. Um, but it's also a great way to just like go and I see a lot of shows, so I go and, and like see music with like lots of different people. And it's a great way to connect with people in the legal community or people outside the legal community, and just they get to know you on gasp a personal level, which is nice. Yeah, I do. Uh, Eric mentioned music. I'm really involved in the jazz community locally. Somehow I got in touch with like the top jazz people. It's just amazing uh, that are my friends. So I see a lot of music. I try to limit myself to a couple times a week because otherwise I, you know, I can just burn out. Um, But I also am in a band. I'm a vocalist. I have house concerts at my home. I invite people, including lawyers, to come. We should have done this at your house, and Eric should have (laughs) his drum set there. She's a fabulous singer. I'm dying to hear Eric play, but that's a wonderful thing. And I also um, paint. I'm an artist. So I started doing that after my kids left home because when my kids were growing up, I had no life. It was just my kids, my job, and that was pretty much it. And that was okay because they were, you know, a wonderful part of my life and I enjoyed raising them and their activities. Um, but then, uh, you know, and, and I had to give up, I think, income for that because, which I was willing to do, because you can do it all, you just can't do it all at once. And you have to decide, is it more important for you to, you know, make a lot of money or spend time going to your kids, you know, Christmas programs? I mean, because that that's not forever. So anyway, that's just how I do it. I agree with Eric. Well, I have dogs and they're just sweet and fluffy and you know they, they'll you hug them and they'll hug you back uh, I think one of the reasons I have the office that I have is that I'm allowed to bring my dogs in so if I'm not in court and you know I, I will email the client just want to make sure you're not allergic to dogs and so far I've only had great I'd love to meet your dogs please you know bring them in I'm not allergic and now and, I'm curious has your dog ever not liked your cl- a client no my dogs are very <laughs> friendly to everyone. So, I love that. Um, so that's just kind of a stress reliever. And then they also have to be walked. So it's kind of nice to take a little break and just walk around the block. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We're going to take another quick break here to hear a couple more messages from some sponsors. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. 
This episode of New Solo is brought to you by CourtFiling.net, your solution for electronic filing in California, Illinois, Indiana, and Texas. CourtFiling.net provides a better e-filing experience so you can spend more time helping clients. Because they know that sometimes work happens after hours, CourtFiling.net offers 24-7 phone, email, and chat support. Visit them at CourtFiling.net to receive 30 days of unlimited free electronic filings and see how you too can e-file court documents with ease. All right, and we're back. Let's continue listening to this great conversation. What about fee agreements? I think um, forms and agreements and uh, starter kits, if you will, is is the type of thing that new solos or, um, you know, it's funny when I say the term new solo, I don't always mean a young attorney because oftentimes I have a lot of big law refugees, as I call them, <laughs> that um, right. have a place to start. Maybe yeah. they have, you know, agreements that they can leave their old firm with. But if... Um, if someone were to say, I don't even know where to start to, to get my, my retainer letter, my fee, like where would someone go look for that? The, the state bar. California bar has amazing templates. And I know now that um, the flat fee agreement stuff just changed over. But other than that, I just went to that site and you can cut and paste if you have, you know, email like is now one thing you got to put, you have email and iCloud server, you know, all that stuff um, in your contract. So I literally just cut and pasted the pieces that you need. Yeah. I'm in the school of thought to have, I like how you termed it, a starter kit. <laughs> and so it's almost an intake kit. It's not just the fee agreement, but I have all the other forms that I need from them so that they do some heavy lifting right up front. It keeps them busy while it buys me time to draft the complaint. I'll get the fee agreement uh, initially, of course. But that way, they have a kit to look at later to see what they can expect. And it's essentially a roadmap. So I am not the two-page... Right. And, and it's, and do you mean things like, um, once our case is over, I'm going to hold on to your documents electronically or digitally for X number of time. And then after that, it's up to you to, to and I destroy them. Correct. I mean, I it's think got clauses like that. There you go. And I, I feel like that's an important thing for people to know today. The technology that is being used by lawyers, you know, there, there should be a part of your agreements that say, okay, uh, six months after this case is officially closed and we're done. I destroy your documents, unless they're, of course, the documents that you have to keep. But I think it's best practice to go ahead and keep an electronic copy, but you, there's nothing stopping you from letting the client know that in your agreement, you're going to give them back the physical hard copy. Yep. And so that will cut down your storage needs quite a bit. You know, one thing that Kim brought up that's really the only part that I've significantly embellished from the uh, from the fee agreements on the bar is uh, duties that the client has to you. Uh, mine really specify, do not lie to me. If something hap if something goes wrong and there's something negative you need to tell me, you cannot withhold information, whether it's positive or negative towards you. And that's a way to get out of a case if they don't tell me important information. I learned that one the hard way, but Excellent. Well, it One of so. the reasons you can terminate the relationship is if they don't pay you. That's really, really important to have sure. as part of your fee agreement. That is on the uh, State Bar website. They have several different templates. Also, if you're in a particular area of the law, call up some other practitioners and see if they'll share their agreement with you. I share that. I share my fee agreements with people and help people with that kind For of stuff. For contingency work, I lay right out in the fee agreement. We don't know what the dollar amount will be at the end, but here's how it will be divvied up. And we'll discuss that before we even have a penny so that it doesn't become a problem. And I find that helpful. Wow. Excellent. Absolutely. So 
I'm going to go around the, the panel and ask you two things. Number one, what is the one thing you wish someone had told you before you went out on your own that you would advise to someone who came to you and said, hey, I'm starting my own practice next month. What should I not do? Or what's the best advice you ever got? And then make sure you tell us how people who either read um, about you in the magazine or listen to this episode of New Solo can find friend follow or ask you to share um, ask you to share their documents with them. Who's ready? I think one of the things that I would have told my younger self was to know the type of client that you want and where you're going to find them. Like I can remember. Uh, attending way too many networking events that were not strategic to the type of client I was looking for. Great. And tell us how people can find Friend Follow or reach you oh, out there um, in the world. Law Office of Alara uh, T. Chilton, uh, dot com, And you can Google me and I'm um, on the Latino Bar website and the SDCBA under legal ethics. Great. And uh, Laura yeah. T. Chilton, just like it sounds. A-L-A-R-A. T is in Thomas and then Chilton spelled C and then Hilton like the hotel. Excellent. A piece of advice before you go solo is have your systems in place before you announce you're open for business. Because what I find is I often kick the can down the road on my administrative tasks, and now I'm fighting deadlines. And so uh, having learned there aren't enough hours in the day, I'm happy to do it because it's all for my practice. But to calendar block time so that you can get all those tasks done that have to happen because there's not just litigation, there's bookkeeping, there's interviews to be done. There are a lot of competing things for your time. I would say the same, I would echo what Kim said, which is you have to block out time. It's really helpful if you block out some period of time. Sometimes it takes a little bit more at the beginning, like maybe three hours a week, and then you can get it down to an hour a week. And every Friday, I have things set in my Outlook calendar plan next week. And then I look at all the list of things I have to do. And every one of them, I put them into a block of time, whether it's next week or the week after, just so that it's done. Sometimes I have to do tickler things. And you know what? When you put it down like that, you're not worried about it. Because if you have it, you know you have it in your calendar, you're going to do it. There's a time for it to be done. So then when you're doing something else, you can just concentrate on what you're doing in the moment because you know you already have on your calendar, you have time dedicated to that one thing. And um, always remember that the most money sometimes you'll ever make is the case you didn't take. Don't panic if you're not busy because quality work is better than quantity work. I can be found on uh, www.wolflegalgroup.com, and that wolf is with an E. Um, I'm also, uh, in addition to being a litigation attorney um, representing plaintiffs in malpractice cases, I do consult with lawyers who are defendants. Uh, I do expert witness work, and I consult with people uh, about their practice, their business, their life, whatever they want to talk about. I've been doing this for such a long time, I can, you know, pretty much guide people in just about any area. Thank you. So the advice that I would give an outside of the keep your overhead low, but it is set a time to check your email and don't check your email first in the morning because that will give you so much more stamina throughout the day. <laughs> and usually the world doesn't explode if you don't respond to an email by like 530 in the morning, but also track your lists um, or this is what has worked well for me is that tracking lists. I use Google Docs and that way I don't miss things 
like when you're in the solo world, solo world and you have so much to do, um, if I don't write something down, then it doesn't get done because I just forget it. So I just track things on Google Docs. So that would be the things that I wish that uh, a younger version of myself would have told me that just to be able to write things down. I can be found on the web at ganchi, E-S-Q, G-A-N-C-I-E-S-Q.com. Or if you want to find my band, it's rockoutkaraoke.com. Or you can Google live band karaoke San Diego. So, Julie Wolf, uh, you can find me at jwolflaw.com. My wolf is spelled W-O-L-F-F. On Twitter, I'm jwolflaw.com. You can also uh, call me at 61977-SOLVE. As far as what I wish I could tell myself would be when you get a new client call, just don't start answering their legal questions. <laughs> Quick, get them an intake form and make sure that they get it back to you before they before you start answering even the most basic of questions. Um, as bad as you want to. Yes. Oh, check for conflicts, too, before you talk to anybody. That's really important. Jeff, round it out for us. Before I became a lawyer, I was a professional ski patrolman for the second busiest ski area in the United States. And I'd probably tell myself to stay there and do that. <laughs> um, Amen. Uh, this was a paid job. I was skiing 100 days a year. Um, I got to do some avalanche work. I handled you know, hundreds of accidents. I don't know. You know, the practice of law is tough. I think the hardest part is the business end of it. And I think I would tell myself, you know, you need to get more education in how to run a business. Um, in connection with that, I'd add learn QuickBooks, um, actually take some classes on QuickBooks, something I've never done. I've just struggled with it. You know, um, they travel around the country and do three-day seminars, which I went to, and it was one of the best things I ever did. They yeah, do free one-hour webcast just yeah. because QuickBooks. That's great advice. Yeah, QuickBooks is... Me too. <laughs> I like that advice too. Yeah, that's that's excellent advice. Where, Where I can be found? Yeah. Okay, uh, www.jprattlaw.com. Um, my email is jrp, my initials, at jprattlaw.com. I'm at uh, 110 Juniper Street in Bankers Hill, San Diego. Twitter, I don't know if you can find me on Twitter, but I am there if one were to Google me. Um, <laughs> my phone number is 619-338-8100, and I've enjoyed being here. Thank you. No, thank, thank you, you all so much for your time. This thank was such you. good information. Don't you wish we could just do this all day? <laughs> well, it looks like we've reached the end of another great episode, and I hope you realize that that was part two of two. And if you didn't catch the first episode, go back and have a listen, because it was a great conversation here at the San Diego County Bar Association. If you love this episode and the rest of New Solo, make sure you head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us, make it a good one, and leave us a review. It's really appreciated. Catch us next time for another episode, and remember, you're not alone. You're New Solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice. Solo, here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.